I think where we get into trouble and you hear this, like, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm too busy to slow down, is when we're saying yes to all these things because of whatever pressure it is. It could be just, I need to feel validated. It could be financial pressure, which I know very, very well. Welcome to the Creative Legacy Podcast, a podcast to help creative entrepreneurs build their business while leading a life of intention, joy, and adventure. I'm Shawnee. And I'm Sarah. Today we are going to be talking about a book, the first book in our book club, An Intentional Life, a life-giving invitation to uncover your passions and unlock your purpose. And we are super excited because we actually have the author here with us. Try not to freak out. It's amazing. <laughs> so please welcome Karen Stott. Woo! Thanks, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for agreeing to join us, Karen. You're our first guest on this podcast. And we can't thank you enough for being mm-hmm. here. And we can't imagine a better first person to interview. We loved your book. It's actually the first book for our book club. We started a book club with this podcast and every month we're going to feature a book about life or business or anything we're just kind of interested in. And your book came out in May and it was just a natural step for us to want to pick it up and listen to oh it or not listen to it, <laughs> to read it. It was a natural <laughs> step to read it and share and have our readers discuss it. Our podcast is all about living intentionally and whether it's with our business or with our life and your book feels so much like what we're trying to do in a podcast form. Oh, well, thank you. It's such an honor. And you can totally listen to it because I recorded it also. So either way. So you can read or listen. So after you listen to this podcast, you can go listen to the book or you can read it. Or pause and go listen to it. Or pause, yes. Um, Exactly. It's really exciting. I met Karen a few years back at one of your pursuit conferences. I think it was actually the last one in Georgia. I actually won a seat to it from Justin and Mary. Yes, I remember. It was really a, a crazy time in my life. I was experiencing a lot of hardship and loss the year before. And this conference was in April. And it was a chance to come meet with women from all over to worship together, to talk things out, to break off into small groups and just be in community. And I just felt like it was something I always wanted to do, but your seats always sold out so fast. It was crazy. I'm like, I'm never going to get in here. And Justin and Mary had, I don't know, they sponsored a seat. I don't know how exactly that worked, how they got a seat. They did. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, they posted if anyone wanted to come down, you know, share your story and we'll pick a winner and come down. And I was that person picked and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. And I booked a flight like that night and the next week I was there. It was something really fast, but I'm so thankful. It was one of the most life-changing experiences for me. I've been to other conferences and workshops and it was business oriented or it was, you know, focusing on this part of your life. And this really was soul refreshing, life-giving to be there and to be with women that were feeling the same things that I was. And it was crazy to know you weren't alone and there was a plan for you. I cried way more than I've cried at any other conference, but it was tears of joy and release of letting things go and just letting God kind of come into my life. And it was really cool. Oh, I love that. Hearing stories about that never gets old. So thank you for sharing. It was, it's just beautiful. And I just know 
your heart is so in it. it. It didn't feel like it was something for you. It was for everyone. And that was really beautiful. And then I came back and went to your conference in North Carolina last year. Totally different vibe. We were all in a smaller house together than the big retreat center in Georgia. And that was just so intimate and beautiful. And again, just more stories of women, what they've been through or how they're using their experience to help others. It was incredible. Oh, that's so good to hear. I loved it. It was really fun. It reminded me of like being in a sorority or something. Yeah, with all really. 80 of us in one house. Yeah, we watched <laughs> This Is Us. All like these girls got together. We watched This Is Us and we not brushed each other's hair, but we made popcorn and you know, <laughs> so it kind of felt like yes. that. it was really fun. We had a really good time. And now you're on to kind of taking a different route, a little more away from the conferences. I know what the pursuit one in Georgia that was kind of your last one for there and you are kind of branching off into something new you have a new name for your ministries you have so many cool things in the works and we're going to talk a little bit about that today which is really fun awesome yes the Lord has done some crazy things so there's a lot to talk about for sure do you want to just tell us a little bit more about yourself, your book, and where you're going? Absolutely. So I am. I was married at 19, super young. I got married to a military boy that lived in the same town as me. And we've been married for almost 18 years now, which is nuts. So we have three kids. The oldest is 13 and the youngest is four. So quite the spread of we now have a teenager and a tween and a preschooler. So that's an interesting, fun bag of tricks, I guess. Um, Our days are never boring. And when my first daughter was born, I had always dreamed of being a mom. And then she was here. And I just sat there like, is this it? (laughs) Which makes me feel like so guilty for saying that. But I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just sitting here all day in my own thought processes. And I don't talk to any other adults. And that's when I started my photography business. And so from there, I did wedding photography and portrait photography for years. And I only used my blog for photography. And then about five years into it, I realized that my life was suffering. I was not having that intentional life that I wanted. I was overworked, underpaid. My kids hated my computer. My husband was resenting everything I was doing. And I it really came down to the fact that I had everything out of order. I was putting too much attention on my business and just being really, honestly, to being really selfish with that because I'm a pretty ambitious, driven person. And so I was getting accolades in business that I wasn't getting at home. And it just felt good to pursue those things when you're changing diapers and up in the middle of the night. And at that point, we had two kids. And my husband was working almost full time at our church and then full time at the fire department. So he was gone a lot. I call those my like, (laughs) yeah, I call those my like single mother years because (laughs) he really was gone like all the time. And so, you know, we just, I was balancing, juggling these two kids and businesses and all that. And I started writing about it on my blog and just the journey that I took to getting that back into check and getting that back into a system where I was honoring um, my husband and spending time with my kids and also having a thriving business where before the business was just suffocating our actual life. So I wrote about that. And that's kind of how Pursuit started was with this one blog post. I knew people at church that had, you know, were doing the mom thing. And then I knew people in my professional life that didn't have families and weren't married yet. And so I felt very just like in the middle, like, ah, I'm kind of split split in two and I don't fit in either world. And when I shared that story, I realized that I'm not the only one trying to 
juggle those things. And I just found a lot of other women around the country and actually around the world that were trying to do the same thing. And so we started a Facebook group. And then from there, we jumped into the conference thing and met in person. And it has it was just such a sweet season where the Lord was really just showing his daughters that he had so much more for them, that he gifted them uniquely with such purpose, not just for themselves, but for their communities and their families and their the world that they could do big things in the marketplace while also having thriving marriages and kids that love them and spending purposeful time with them as well. Awesome. That is really cool. And that's how I felt being at your conferences and what really spoke to me just about everything that Pursuit has done. It's we're so much more than just photographer, business owner, mother, daughter, you know, we're, we're all the things. And how do you balance that? Exactly. How do you make that all work? How do you feel fulfilled in all the areas? How do you make them work together? So that's exactly. really cool. So what inspired you right now at this stage in your life to write an intentional life? Well, I have a huge passion for helping women thrive in work and home environments. And I think for me, I had actually was just having a lunch with one of my friends who was in the book writing process. And I had just told her, I will never write a book when I have small kids. (laughs) And within like six months of that, I had signed a contract to write a book at home. And so I think that like, yes. And so I always tell people to watch out for their nevers because usually when we're saying I will never do that, we're putting a box around something. It's like, I'm not willing to go there with you, God. Like, I'm not willing to go there. You know, I've said it for towns that I wouldn't live in. I've said it for career moves. And God has led me to do exactly those things. So it was very much my Jonah Moses moment where I said, I'm not going to write a book. And then I end up doing exactly that. But the reason that I really felt like it was time for me to say yes to that was the message was just like going over and over in me. Like I couldn't shut it up. And my agent kept telling me, write the book that you can't not write. And the story that has been just following me throughout my adult life is this story of equipping women in their purposes, whether that's a ministry, whether that's a business like marketplace, whether that's a nonprofit or, you know, something just locally in their church or their school. But I believe that God has equipped us at home and in marriage and to do something else. Like one of the things that I explore in my book is if we weren't supposed to do anything else outside of the home, if we weren't supposed to, if we were only supposed to be wives and mothers, then what did like Sarah do for the first like 90 years? you know and what do all these women in the bible who didn't have kids or weren't able to get pregnant for a long time like what did they do and then you know you have your children home for such a short season that it's like you know in five years my oldest daughter is gonna go to college and so if you're purpose is only marriage and motherhood, then what do you do when all your kids leave home? You know, I know that there's a lot of mothering that happens after your kids leave the nest, but it really challenged me to explore, like, what else has the Lord put on our hearts to do? Why has he given us these gifts? And how can I equip these women to really do this well, but also in an honoring way to their families and their spouses? That was really what was driving my yes to to write this book right now. That's awesome. That is very cool. Yeah. What is the biggest struggle you find with sticking to living intentionally? And how do you overcome that? I think for me, it's that I'm just like a super workaholic. We get it. I (laughs) am a serial. Yeah. I'm like a serial entrepreneur. I will start a business. Like my friends joke that I can start like 10 businesses before breakfast. In my strength finders, it's like visionary and all these different things. And then activator are like my top five 
things. So like I will just idea to done like fast. Whereas my husband is more like, let's think about it, 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 think about it. And then he never like pulls the trigger where I'm like, bang, <laughs> you know, and then I'm like, oh, I should probably think about what I just set into motion. And so for me, the biggest struggle is just grounding myself and realizing, okay, just because this desire is there, just because this is a really good idea. It might not be for this time or this season. And so putting the brakes on things like that. For an example, about probably 10 years ago, maybe not 10 years ago, maybe six or seven years ago, I started a t-shirt company because I thought it's going to be really cool. I want to start this t-shirt company. And we had the name and the brand and the website and we did this awesome photo shoot and it was so cool and the t-shirts were so cute. And then I realized like, I don't really want to deal with, you know, sizing issues and returns and all these different things from the clothing line. Well, fast forward to today, we're now about to like launch products and clothing with the bound. God had put that dream in me to start that back then. But when I started, it, there wasn't the software and the stuff to catch up for me to do the business in a way that I could still thrive at home. I would have had to back then ship everything to my house, do all the shipping myself, do all of that stuff. And now it's a little bit more automated where I can do those things and not have to have such a huge investment and get all the product at my house and not have to ship it. And so I think that lots of times we have these dreams and we want to say, yes, let's do it now. And really, they're just in there to kind of go through pregnancy until God is ready to birth them. Whereas I kind of want to get pregnant and birth <laughs> right. tomorrow. Your gestation <laughs> period is a little faster than what, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like 24 <laughs> hours, you know? And so for me, I think that that's the part that's the biggest struggle. If I can just slow down, it's easier for me to be intentional with my days and realize like, okay, this might not be the best season for this. I definitely felt that there's so many things and ideas I have or want to try and do, but time is not right. Or I mean, even just the podcast, that was one of my nevers. I'm like, I'm never going to be on on TV or on anything where my voice or myself is recorded because I don't want to hear it. But if you feel like you have a message to share, it's kind of on your heart that how can I not share it? I, I need to overcome these fears of of being out there, being vulnerable. And then the timing thing is everything for me. I've had to say so many times, be still, because it is just, I want to go and I want it on my time. And then I'll ask God later, you know, there's so many things, not just with business, but with every aspect of life. And there's so many things that I'm like, I can feel it on my heart. I can feel you put it in me, but it's not happening yet. Why? And it's so silly because it's all about timing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really fun about what you share in your book. It's timing and you just need to be in the moment and you need to be loving where you're at, which is beautiful. I personally got caught up in a lot of like, I want to make sure I have control of everything and I'm trying to do things my way. And then I get knocked down and like, okay, God, you you take over, you take control and guide me to where I need to go. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the best place to be. Although it's, like we said, it's often where we never want to go. It's amazing. I'll say, help me with patience. And then he tests me and I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Oh, well, I'm trying to strengthen your patience. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Yes. Do you know the movie Evan Almighty with Steve Carell? It reminds me of that when he's when Morgan Freeman comes in, you know, and he's like, if you pray for an opportunity to be closer to your family, and he actually uses the word patience. He's like, if you pray for patience, is God going to make you patient? Or is he going to give you opportunities to be patient? Mm-hmm. Right. A quote that really resonated with us was, if we want to leave a legacy, we must live the life we want to be remembered for now. 
we're all about legacy. Can you give our listeners some ways they can start creating their legacy now? Absolutely. That really came from just watching my grandpa and just losing both of my grandparents within the last two years, I think it's been now. And they lived in the same small town their whole life. And I think this day and age, when our reach is so much bigger and we have friends in all these different places, I sometimes, I was at his funeral and I sat there and it was like standing room only and there's people everywhere. And I felt like that when I was greeting the people, it's like the line would get shorter and then more people would fill in. And we're just in this tiny little church and he's the second youngest of all of like eight, eight or nine brothers and sisters. So most of his family's already in heaven. And yet we're in this little tiny church and there's a couple hundred people there. And his life really was exactly what I would strive to have, where he impacted people with just daily love, daily choices to serve, to show up for people. And I think in this like internet age, where we have so many friends spread out, it's interesting to think like who would really show up for us now? Like, are we showing up for the people on the internet more than we're showing up for the people in our neighborhood? Are we showing up for the people on our Instagram feed more than we're taking meals to the people at church or giving rides to the other kids at school that need it or you know, that kind of thing. It shook me pretty bad. He died two years ago in August. And then my grandma passed away 10 months after that. They'd been married for 67 years. And so it just really kind of shook me to the point of like, okay, is what I'm doing what I really want to be doing with my days? Because this is our legacy. Like right now, every day, I'm responsible for how my children remember their childhood. I'm responsible for how me and my husband remember this like early years of our marriage. And so am I doing the things each day that I want to be in the memories. If you look back over your childhood, what are the things that stand out to you? And for me, it wasn't necessarily like all these huge things. You know, for me, it was the fact that my parents made sure that we were eating around the table every night. We went to the same family cabin at the lake every single year. So that was like a free thing that we did. My dad owned his own boat business. So we would go on deliveries. You know, we drive to Montana or Wyoming and like deliver the boat. And so I think... It's those types of things that like, what can we do each day and what can we plan for that we're going to remember that are going to make up our memories or our kids' memories? I think planning is the hugest part. This is the first summer in a long time that I've gotten to the beginning of the summer and been so excited. And the reason for that is because I took control over it. I was like, okay, what do I want the kids to remember? What do I want us to remember? And I planned a bunch of stuff. Whereas in the past, I just kind of was like, eh, whatever we do and just let it happen. That's not intentional living. And that's not planning for what your legacy is going to be like. And so this year we were like, well, we want... Actually, one of the things that I did is I wanted to be able to go on mother-daughter trips with my daughter, but I didn't want it to be like, oh, when she turned 16, then it was this big deal and it was so awkward. And so I started going on mother-daughter trips with her when she was three or four. So every year before school, we go on an overnight and we go to a hotel and we drink Shirley Temples and we go shopping and we do a photo booth. So I have like all these photo strips of her for like growing up and she's 13 now. And we just went to Seattle to go see Taylor Swift. It was so fun. And now it's like, she's my little buddy, you know, like she's turning into like a friend and it's not awkward at all. And that's, those are the things that I want her to remember that we took time to sew into our relationships individually. My husband does the same thing with our boys, not necessarily Taylor Swift, but 
he goes away with them, you know, and they do boy things. And then we go to the same place every year. I think that's really important. Traditions are really important. We eat the same food on Christmas morning. We always give them pajamas on Christmas <laughs> Eve. You know, we have a lot of very traditional things because those are the building blocks, I feel like, of our legacies. I love that. That's Beautiful. And I think that's what we all have. I think those are the things you've touched on a lot of things that in our own childhood, that's what we remember. We go to those memories. And I want to make a point too, when you're talking about your grandparents, especially your grandfather, how all these people are flooding in and, and you're seeing the effect he had. And he might not think he just did his daily life. He might not think he was having that effect, but he really does by, by showing up for people. And my grandmother actually passed away unexpectedly in December. And the same day, my other grandmother was fell and had to go to the hospital and was later diagnosed with cancer. And um, so it was amazing. The two, I had these two opportunities. One, my grandmother had passed and I, it was exactly what you were talking about with your grandfather. It was flooded with people. I mean, the mayor showed up. I'm like, how do you know my grandma? You know, Um, but she, she put so much time into her community. Her husband had died over 20 years ago and she, it didn't matter. She learned to drive. She worked with the police. She worked with her church. She did everything she could. She was always involved in her community and and people showed up for her. And it was an amazing experience to see that. And then my grandma, who has now been battling cancer and been battling in and out of the hospital, how can we show up for her? How before it's too late or before things are going downhill or anything like that, I don't want to get to the funeral part and, and know I miss my shot with her. I know she'll have the same amount of people because she has given back so much, but it's kind of neat that I, I get to have that chance to spend more time with her. It happened the exact same day. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but that is a really neat um, opportunity that you were given in that situation. Yeah. So I totally understand, you know, seeing all these people and who are you going to, who's going to be at yours. And it's not going to be the thousands of followers on Instagram. It's going to be the people that you actually helped and served. I think that's lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little morbid to think about, but I think it's really important to think about it so that we are living the life that we want to be remembered for Mm -hmm. instead of just like, oh, let's live for likes on Instagram or let's live for the next big project. But if we're not impacting people in our real life, then, you know, what's it all for? Right. What would you say to those who are feeling too busy to slow down? I would ask them if this is really the life that they want. The same type of thing happened when Isaac and I readjusted the business several years ago when we started pursuit, is this how they want to be remembered when they're gone? Um, and they're looking back on the season or or when they're looking back on the season of life, if it's not what you want to be remembered for, if it's not something that's bringing you joy and if you don't feel at peace about it, then you really need to make some drastic changes. And I'm a firm believer that we create our own busy, that we might say I'm busy, 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 but you do not have to be busy, busy, busy. We say yes and no to things that come our way and it's our 
responsibility what those are. For me, my three things, I have like this check system. Can I do this with excellence and completion and joy? If I can't do it with those three things, then I will say no to it in that season. It just means that I don't have the margin. It's not that it's not a good opportunity. It's not that I don't want to do it. It just might not be the best thing at that time. And so even like with this podcast interview, I had to look at my schedule and say, okay, Like, where is Isaac going to be? Where are my kids going to be? What else do I have going on that week? Is this something that I can do in this season with excellence and with joy? Like, am I going to look forward to this interview and be like, yes, I'm so excited to talk to these ladies today? Or is it going to be like, oh, it's another thing on my calendar? And so when I got the invitation, I was like, I looked at everything because I knew it was something I wanted to do. But is it something I can say yes to in this season and still feel those things? And I looked at it and thought, yes. I have the margin for this right now. My, you know, my daughter can watch our younger son and we can carve out two hours of the day for this. And I'm really excited to be here. And if I wasn't, if I couldn't have checked those things, I would have said no. I think where we get into trouble and you hear this, like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm too busy to slow down is when we're saying yes to all these things because of whatever pressure it is. It could be just, I need to feel validated. It could be financial pressure, which I know very, very well, you know, you feel like you have to say yes to all these opportunities, because you have to make money for your family. And in that scenario, I'd say maybe it's time for you to look into passive income streams, maybe it's time for you to look into what it's like to not be paid for your time. Because if you set things up with intention, which is like the whole thing, then you're not having to say yes based on just finances alone. You get to say yes on, can I do this with excellence and joy? And from that, it overflows into everything because then it's like, I get to today, I get to after this interview, go pick up my son's friend at his house with excellence and joy. And then all of us get to paddle in the car and go to the pool with excellence and joy. And then we get to go to a baseball game, you know? So I get to do a little bit of work that I know that I have the capacity for both emotionally and physically and financially, if that makes sense. And then it kind of flows into all the other areas. But that took very intentional choices to set myself up to where, you know, the financial side was taken care of with passive income. The schedule was taken care of with me having a firm yes and a firm no. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think that is a great way to put it where it's being very intentional with what you're doing, with your time, with what you're saying no to. What If you say yes to this, what do you say no to? I think that's the biggest thing. Um, And I really love that you mentioned, can I, I can do this, but can I do this with joy, excellence, because I, I think there's always experiences that we have done that we, we've done it because, okay, our, our schedule looks open, but did we really enjoy it? You know, right. there's so many times where I did it, but I was thinking about how I could be at home with the cats or out and about just exploring or things like that. So I think that is yeah. a really good point. Awesome. Well, I hope it helps somebody. Yes. You make your own busy. There's always family obligations and things like that, but, and things you have to do, like maybe jury duty, you know, things where you have to, there will be have tos in your life, but the things you have control of, your home life, your work life, you get to make those decisions. You get to decide how busy you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of going off of that, you talked about finding purpose in your everyday life and finding your calling. There's an exercise in there about your calling that I really love. So everyone needs to 
read the book and do the exercise. Can you share with us a little about what you think your calling in life is and how others can find theirs? Yes, absolutely. I feel like this is my ballad right now. It's like, <laughs> find your calling and, and walk in it with purpose. Yeah, I absolutely believe for me, and it's interesting because our pastor just talked about this on Sunday too, and I was like, yes, amen. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, but I feel like our calling is the things that we are already doing. If calling was like a specific thing, a specific assignment, a specific ministry, then was Jesus just hanging out? Like doing nothing for 30 years, you know, or was he called? Was he doing, was, did he have a calling to walk out in those first 30 years before his actual ministry started? And so if he did, in fact, which I believe he did, was here with purpose and calling for those 30 years, what was he doing? Well, he was doing family. He was doing community. He was doing friendship. He was doing carpentry. You know, he was serving in the ways that God had gifted him specifically to serve. And so I feel like we're trying to like, what is this calling? What is our purpose? And it's like this elusive thing. And it's really not. In the Bible, there's specific things. It's like, we're called to do this and this. And after that, there's so many things things. And so I really feel like that is where we're wired. What are the things that you do really, really well that you feel like everybody knows how to do? Like my husband does spreadsheets like a maniac. (laughs) He is all about spreadsheets and managerial stuff. And he's very just like A, B, C, D, E, F, you know, all the things he, he figures out all this stuff. My mind does not work like that at all. And he's also a paramedic. So his mind is very medical and he knows like all the drug doses and the different things and how to like save people's lives. And he thinks that that's super easy. If you ask him like a medical question or a heart rhythm question or whatever, he's going to spout it off to you. Like it's so easy. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like that is the worst thing ever. And I don't have any clue how to relate to you. So what are the things that you do really well that you know really well that come really easy to you? Chances are those are part of your calling. The second thing that I always look into is where are your tears and your pain? You need to pay attention to those things that like really tear you up. If you're driving by in a pregnancy crisis center, you see it on the corner and all of a sudden you get really emotional about it, or you see a homeless man or a veteran's office or something, you need to really pay attention to those things because I really believe that those are our triggers into our purpose. Like what are the things that God has put specifically on your heart to be burdened for? Because not everybody has the same burden. You know, my sister-in-law co-founded a company for anti-sex trafficking. And that's just something that for me, I'm so happy she does it. I'm glad someone does it. I was not wired for that. I think I have like way too much sensitivities. Like I have a passion to free them, of course, but I think for my personality, that would be too much for me. But she's wired specifically for that. And then the other part I think would be like your justice, your burden, which ties into what Desiree did with the sex trafficking is like, where do you have a desire to change? What do you want to help people with? And then also what ties into your story? Where's your testimony? And sometimes those tie together and sometimes they don't. There's pieces that are going to be off, but I feel like they're all going to be woven together in a big plan. If we just step back to write it all out, we're going to start to see the dots connect. I think that's perfect of what you're naturally good at, what you feel like you're being called to do in a sense of what you're reacting to. Because there's so many things like my sister and I, she'll see those commercials for animals and you know being abused and help now and she's just like ball of tears and I am too but then I'll see something about helping children and she's like I want to help the children that's great but I'm gonna go help the animals and I'm like I'm gonna go help the kids yes and both are great and both are yes wonderful and I, you know both need help or things like that but even just what we're automatically 
drawn to is amazing. You know, that's, that's part of what we have to listen to. Be quiet and listen to what, how we're responding to things. Absolutely. Because what if you and your sister, everyone did the animals, right. then who would be with the kids? Right. You know, and so I think just following those and realizing don't feel guilty that you don't feel called towards a specific thing, run after the thing that you are burdened for and help there. Because Somebody needs to be helping there. Right. One of my favorite things in your book was chapter two, talking about do something. And it reminded me of Matthew West's song, looked up to heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. Ooh, goosebumps. Yeah. Mm. So that was stuck in my head yeah. like, on repeat after I read that. And yeah, if awesome. you are having something that is in your soul and something needs to be done, well, why can't you just go out there and start it? And maybe you need help. You have to reach out for help. Yeah, I firmly, firmly believe that we have those inklings to be the answer to someone else's prayer. It's just one of those things as I think to myself, if I don't step out, if I don't do this, what isn't happening because I'm not doing it? You know, like how Shawnee said at the very beginning that you, you know, had gone come to one of the conferences. Well, what if we hadn't done the conferences? You know, what if she hadn't come? What if there's a lot of connections that she might have made, you know, with other people who were there that have tied into what she's doing now? I know that there's other attendees that have done the same thing, you know? So it's like, if you're not stepping out in what you're being tugged into, then someone else is missing out on the opportunity to do what they need to next. Exactly. It's like a ripple effect. If this doesn't happen, then this doesn't happen, then this doesn't happen. And so easy for us to look back after and say, oh, these were the stepping stones to get here. But if we don't take that first step without seeing those next steps, you know, nothing will happen. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to trust that really, that tug, that inner gut voice that's saying, do this, take this step, go here, sign up for this, because you never know how the Lord is going to use it. There's a reason it's there. Exactly. Is there any additional advice to creative women out there that you would like to give? It's interesting timing because it kind of goes into what we were just saying. I would tell them if they are feeling overwhelmed or have lost joy in their business to do something new or interesting or exciting, to listen to that tug and to really map out what that would look like. One of my favorite exercises in the book is my what if I didn't exercise. And I feel like we what if things to death. We're like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? But what if you didn't do that thing? What if you didn't make that call? What if you didn't send that email? What if you didn't launch that product or make that connection or have coffee with that friend? You know, what what would happen then? And so I would really challenge them to just write down like whatever is on their heart and in their gut, I would just say, write it all down. And then look through the list and say, okay, what of these things can I take a step forward with today? I mean, it might not be like launch a whole thing, but it might be make a phone call. It might be text a friend. It might be research a certain thing on a website and just do the next thing that's right in front of you towards that bigger goal. Right. It doesn't have to be so big and life-changing and crazy. It can just be these small steps, even if it's just saying, stop doing this. Exactly. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about your upcoming conference. So we kind of talked about at the beginning that Pursuit was over when I went and what's going on now with you? What Tell us about Abound. Tell us about this conference coming up in Nashville. Well, that is the funny thing. So funny. <laughs> um, actually, I- he's, such a, he's such a 
He's a prankster. He is a prankster for sure. Because I literally just released a book, you know, four weeks ago that said, God told me to shut down this conference and blah, 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 you know, and it happened in a really divine way. It was, I know it was totally the Lord. I know that season was coming to a close. I had such a peace about it. I mean, our storage facility got flooded within like 24 hours of him saying, you need to lay this down and not do this. So I know with everything in me, I knew that it was time for that chapter to be closed, which was really, really hard because I loved Pursuit so much. I loved Wind Shape so much. It was just a really dear season and I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. We started it when my daughter was six or seven, I think. And one of the big things about it was they don't allow children under 18. And so she was six or seven, Isaiah was four or five. And it wasn't a huge deal that they weren't able to come when they were that little. But by the time that we closed it down in 2016, she was, she turned 11 that month, the same month we had the last conference. And he turned nine. And at that point, you're starting to really cultivate the gifts of your kids. You're starting to see God writes stories on their hearts. You're starting to see things come alive in them. And they both have huge hearts for hospitality, for serving. They really wanted to start being a part of it. And so it just felt like the right thing to do to close down that chapter where they weren't allowed to be a part of the events. But it also left just because my giftings, like we talked about before, my giftings are not in the organizational financial realm. I'm not a lawyer. So when I would sign these huge contracts, I didn't know all the things that I was signing into. And leaving that last conference left our family in a huge financial deficit, like a personal loss, just because of discrepancies of what we signed and what final things were. And so I really was like, God, I'm done. I'm not ever doing this again. I'm not going to put my family at risk again. I'm never, I'm just never going to do this. It was great while it lasted, but peace out. I'm done with this, you know. And a few months ago, my agent was talking to me and he's like, so are you going to do any more events? And I was like, no. Heck no, like not, not even close. This is probably February, you guys. So like three months ago. And I was like, never again. I, I'm releasing a book that said that I closed my conference. I'm not doing this. And something a lot of people don't know about me is I'm super, super introverted. Stages are the worst thing in my life. I don't like attention. I don't like being on stage. I don't like talking in front of people. I totally is the like Moses scenario of like, Lord, I don't have a voice. I don't want to talk. But at least Moses got Aaron, you know, I'm like, where's my Aaron? (laughs) Um, But he, maybe Aaron is my daughter. She can talk and she loves the stage. But anyways, so over the course of the next few months, and I had always, always said, I'm never going to do something big. I don't like big conferences, blah, blah, blah. And over the next few months, the Lord was really like, knock, 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 like on my heart, but you really are made for this. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not made for this. And I got to go to Franklin, Tennessee in May. And there's this amazing venue there. Cause one of my big beefs with big conferences is that I'm hugely aesthetically driven. I need it to have a really pretty environment. I need windows. I can't be stuck in like a ballroom with no windows and like ugly carpet. I just can't do that. And so I came across this gorgeous location in an old factory and the Lord was really with spring to my heart, like, you can have an event that's big, and that still carries your heart for intimacy, which was 
huge for me because I'd been at conferences where I got lost, where I felt like a number, where it was just like herding cattle from room to room. And I just couldn't do something like that, which is why we did Pursuit at Windshape for so many years because I'm so relationally driven. And then when the Lord showed me this place, it was like it all lined up. And I saw like lounges for people to have conversations. And there's like donut shops right around the corner. And there's like lounge furniture everywhere. And, and he really just started laying something else beautiful, very in line with Pursuit, but just a little bit different. One of the things that happened to us over the six years that we did Pursuit is we got a lot of emails that it, people couldn't afford it, but they wanted to come, which makes sense. I mean, to book the property and to pay for all the food, it was, you know, tickets were between $1,000 and $2,200, I think. So that's a big investment. And the Lord really was like, I want you to do something where anybody can really like cut back their coffee habit and make it, you know? Mm-hmm, and right. so the tickets for this, they start um, at 179 And I think you guys have a, a coupon that gives people $20 off. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, $159. The speaker lineup is out of this world. I, I can't even believe the people that said yes to come. And so it's very much like, I'm just very excited for it because it's on the same lines of like, we're going to have practical classes like Pursuit did for business owners. But we're also going to have things for the people that might not have a business yet, who might just be in that like next step, that tug phase. They might be recently divorced or have an empty nest or just getting into college. And they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so we'll have a lot of our first session of the day is with Marshawn Evans, and she's going to go through like a purpose map with everybody. And so they're going to walk away with a vision and a purpose for the next step of their lives. And so I'm like really, really, really excited about it. God gave us the verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 for abound, which is, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And it really just resonated so much with me of like this whole have it all thing that women have going on, that we really can have it all if we are abiding in Him first, if we're seeking Him with what we're doing with our next steps, and then letting Him lay the groundwork for it. He's given us all that we need to do those things that He's written on our hearts. So that's really the anthem of the new business venture, the new conference, (laughs) all of the fun things. We are so excited for you. And I already bought my ticket. I know exactly. I know exactly where it is. It's the factory, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And they have Jenny's ice cream in there. They have Five Daughters Bakery. Yep. And I don't know if it's true, but there's rumors that sometimes Justin Timberlake goes there because oh. there's rumors that he has spent time there. So we might see JT. We might not. I'm not going to. Don't quote me on that. But we will be on the lookout yes, for him for sure. Yes. And we do have a coupon code. It's $20 off. And you just use the discount code Creative Legacy, And you can get $20 off your ticket right now, ready to go. And we'll see you all in Tennessee in October. It's October 1st and 2nd, correct? Yes, it is. Start off the fall right. I'm so excited. I love that. That's very cool. Thank you. We were pumped about it. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Karen. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. You guys are adorable. And I'm so proud of you for this new venture you guys are on. It's going to touch so many lives, and I just can't wait to see the fruit that comes out of it. Thank you. It It was one of those things that 
it just kind of came up and we're just going to try it and see what happens. And we really were like, if no one listens to it, that's fine. It just feels like an outlet that we want to do. And I never thought in my wildest dreams I would be doing this. So this is yep. just him working. Sounds like you're in the right place. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready for this. That's when it happens. And that's when where I'm supposed to be. So we're really excited about this. Well, I think it's going to be great, and I'll be praying for you guys and cheering you on the whole way. Awesome. Do you want to tell us where people can go online to purchase a ticket and then find you online if they want to follow along? Oh, yes. So they can go to aboundconference.com, or they can go to karenstott.com, which is all T's, like turtles, and at karenstott on Instagram and at abound underscore co on Instagram for abound co. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us and we cannot wait for all the big things you're doing this year. And we hope everyone joins us in our book club for June. We're reading an intentional life and we already finished it. We love it. So we encourage you to pick it up too or listen to it. And we can't wait to hear what your thoughts are to all our listeners, what you guys think about this book. Awesome. Thanks ladies. Thank you.